This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 408 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are horselovers.com and our auditors. Auditor Jessica Troop joins us for Virginia as Listener of the Week. Jessica Rhodes stops by to talk podcasting, and Helena reviews the Letty Girth in the horselovers.com tack and habit segment. Listen in. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hail or hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. This is Glenda Geek. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Well, we have a day of Jessica's today. All our guests are Jessica. We apparently were discriminating against everybody else not named Jessica. But Well, I hear the Jessica's are super cool. They're so good name. Yep, it's, it's, good a, name. it's Jessica Day. That's right. But first, we have to talk about a little trip that you just took. It was a big trip. Where were you? It was a big trip. Buck and I went to the island of Antigua in the Caribbean. And where is that? <laughs> That's what everybody says. Well, it's it's more commonly known in the United States as Antigua. and But all of the world, as we've learned, all of the world calls it Antigua, except for Americans. Oh, I always thought it was Antigua, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's actually Antigua, and it is an island uh, that's part of the Caribbean. It's in it's it's part of the so the Caribbean islands are broken up into different groups. Right. There's the um, the Antilles. There's the Lesser Antilles. There's the Windward Islands, the Leeward Islands. Uh, this is part of the West Indies. So it's really um, probably towards the southern part of the the Caribbean chain. It's near St. Kitts, Nevis. It's it's well below the U.S. and British Virgin Islands, but still north of South America. It's in a beautiful spot. Let's just put it that way. Well, and um, just looking on the map here, it looks to be about uh, two square miles. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Oh. Actually, it's um, not that big. No, the island, the islands, it's really not that big, but uh, I think it's 108 square miles. Oh, okay. Yeah. The population is about 80,000 people. It looks tiny. And the capital is St. John's, which, you know, and there, there's probably five roads on the whole island, you know. Yeah, I'm looking here, and there's not a lot of towns either. <laughs> no, they're called parishes. Okay, yeah. They're called parishes. And now, it's was very, this a French, a Spanish, or an English, or all of the above? This was English, and English. still is. Now, it's a sovereign country, or um, meaning it's, it's independent. It won its independence, I believe, in 1981. Uh, or it might be 1983. And so it is very much English. It's one of the few islands that has maintained complete British law. They follow it to the letter. So even though they're independent, they have adopted fully British law. And it's so even their infrastructure, you know, their government infrastructure, um, 
all of their departments, their engineering, all that stuff is very much, is very British. And there are a lot of British expatriates who live there. So it's very much like an English island. Don't they have an, uh, their own name for the island? Uh, no. This Starts one with is... a W, like... Um... Well, oddly? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, yes. And, and no, the island was actually named by Christopher Columbus, oh. who never actually stopped there. He oh. only sailed by it. And <laughs> yeah, we're going to ne- call that one. <laughs> I know. That's pretty much what he did. It's true. It's so a drive-by. <laughs> he named it. So in Antigua, is, uh, it means ancient in Spanish. Oh. And uh, so he, he named it after, uh, I don't know, some church, Santa Maria de la Antigua, St. Mary of the Old Cathedral. And uh, so that's actually its name. The island's history, the Caribbean island's history in general, is very interesting. And a lot of people, they were either, um, among all the Caribbean islands, they were either sort of um, colonized by the English, the French, or the Dutch. And Antigua, obviously, was colonized by the English. And in the, I think in the 1600s, in the 18th century, so in the 1700s, the British Royal Navy was stationed there. So most of the southern part of the island has a lot of English history, like stone structures, buildings. It's very English, and it's really cool. It's really, really cool. So there's a lot of ruins, you know, and um, in fact, one of the places that we we went to was called Nelson's Dockyard, and it was named after... um, the famous Royal Navy sea captain named Horatio Nelson. And it's, it's a working dockyard, but these are 18th century buildings that are still functioning. So that's really cool. My guess is it doesn't take long to get through the airport at this place. Oh my gosh. First of all, they have a brand new sparkling, gleaming, super efficient airport. And Buck and I have been to a number of islands in the Caribbean, and some of them are little more than cottages yeah. and a, and a, and one runway. Yeah. One guy with a gun. One guy with a gun. <laughs> no kidding. The all the major US airlines fly to the Caribbean islands. You know, United, American, Delta, uh, so they're they're all headed that way. This time we flew we flew United. Um which has direct flights from Newark Airport. Huh. And so it was really nice. I mean, getting through these islands, you think for as small as they are, it is a pleasure. It's and a pleasure. and you always do like Airbnb kind of things, right? We do VRBO, vacation rental by owner. We don't stay at the resorts because we really are not interested in engaging with other Americans and Europeans <laughs> while we are away. <laughs> we want to get away from the Americans. And how'd that work out this time? It worked out really well. Um, so we we go on vacation rental rentals by owner, and we usually find a, like, you know, a one bedroom studio or cottage. And this time we found a cottage that was built into the hill, or it's actually like the, the remnants of a, a volcanic crater that leads down into this crystal blue harbor. And it's very tropical. So it's like being in a rainforest in this gorgeous stone cottage. Uh, if you go to that Newport show.com or that Newport show Facebook page, I'll post pictures of, of, where we stayed, but there are no, there's no air conditioning. All the doors and windows, they're arched and they have wooden shutters and they remained open for the entire duration of our vacation. And so you captured these beautiful tropical ocean breezes, uh, as well as some of the wildlife. (laughs) I was just going to say, do the bugs come in? 
The bugs come in, but only at dusk. So there are mosquitoes, but we slept in a bed that has a mosquito net around it. And we were fine. Like we didn't get, I, don't, I mean, they're, they're out for literally like 45 minutes at dusk. And then we saw nothing of the mosquitoes. We did, however, have an unexpected visitor after one night of heavy rains. Yeah. Yeah. It was a big, it was, it was a big visitor yeah. and he was kind of quiet. You know, he, he didn't, he wasn't looking to have a party or anything like that, but he was sort of camped out at the back door to the cottage. Yeah. And that was a, um, well, something called a horse spider, which, um, other people may know as a tarantula. Oh, and was he big? Jesus Lord, he was big. <laughs> he was big. He was big. <laughs> and did you disturb him or did you just let him go on his way? Well, you know, Buck and I are super geeks, so we had to kind of po- poke him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> did he like that? <laughs> the tarantula? He was, so here's the thing. Jennifer, uh, by the way, would have been back to the airport and on a plane. She would have been gone. Well... So here's the thing. I Stupid me. I never think I'm actually going to come across a tarantula. So I've never researched them. So I have no idea if this thing is a danger or not. Um, but my first instinct was to be like, okay, I don't have a problem with spiders. I just don't want him coming into bed with me tonight. Yeah, and with your door we, don't have air, we don't have air conditioning <laughs> in the cottage. So you really can't. And it's humid in the islands. You cannot close the place up. So I was like, all right, Buck, we, we need a plan. What are we going to do? So he's like, well, I'll just get the little dust broom and shush him away from the doorway, and then we'll close the back door. We'll leave the rest of the place open, but we'll just close the back door. I was like, okay. So I'm not freaking out, but you you do question. You, you question, like, I'm, a, I'm in a foreign country. Like, I'm really close to South America. Yeah, we don't I'm, even this, know if they have a hospital. <laughs> we don't. I know nothing. Uh, so... So he's like, well, do you want, let's Google it. Let's look it up. I said, no, I don't even want to know. Like, I think at this point I'm better off not knowing. So he shushes the spider off and it, it goes on its little merry way. And we do, we forget about it. We go to sleep and we're fine. The next day we look it up and Buck says, they're known as horse spiders. They are a kind of tarantula, but they're totally harmless. They're not dangerous at all. They don't bite. They're not poisonous. And like all spiders, they're more scared of us than we are of them. So, you know what it sounds like? We have what's called wolf spiders, um, which yes. are about the size of your hand. <laughs> and they're hairy. And we get them in the house here on occasions. Okay. And they're fast. So, Was this one fast? No. So these guys are slower. And we have wolf spiders actually up here in New England as well. Yeah. And they're fast. Um, I mean, you can barely get them. (laughs) They're creepy fast. Those little wolf spiders. Actually, the ones here um, on my farm, they like to hang out in the muck pile. Oh. In my muck pile. And when I'm turning the muck pile over, I'll disturb them. And I'm like, holy cow, that's a huge spider. So, but the spider I saw in Antigua, like I couldn't even use the word huge because it was like a hundred times bigger (laughs) than what I thought of as a huge spider. But uh, so all was well. He went on his merry way. And the funny thing is, uh, he was so interesting that I was more intrigued by him than I was worried about him coming in the, the cottage. So every morning I got up and I looked out the back door, half hoping to see him, you know, and when he wasn't there, I was kind of disappointed. But here's the one of the best parts. Okay, in addition to the the awesome, beautiful tropical location, the owner of the property who lived in the main house, which was set away from us, had five dogs. 
And there's a little baby gate that you can put across the door to the cottage if you don't want them to come in. Well, of course, I tied mine open <laughs> so that the dogs could come and go as they please. So we had five dogs visiting us on a regular basis. Oh, geez. And they would stay. And they would sit on the couch. Just like home. And they, it was just like home. <laughs> and they were big, lovable, totally awesome dogs, ranging in size from five pounds to 120 pounds was the biggest. Now, did you, um, you said you were near an equestrian place? We were near the um, Spring Hill Riding Club, which is also known as the Antigua Equestrian Center. And the owner of the property that we stayed at, she actually started the Antigua Equestrian Center in the 1960s. She's, um, it's British Horse Society certified. So, um, you know, it's just like having a pony club right there on the island. And you know, one of the things that's really interesting, and they do little, they do just like any other hunter jumper barn around here, they do riding lessons, they do little shows, they travel, believe it or not, to other islands for shows. Um, but one of the things that's always so surprising when you travel to a Caribbean island and you don't stay in a resort, you live in a, in a house or you, you stay among the people who actually live there, is that it, it's very different than the United States. They don't have the infrastructure that we have. So the roads are tiny. They're full of potholes. Um, there really aren't any rules. People don't have the same pride and ownership of their properties that we do here in the U.S. They're, they're just very laid back. So you come up on this riding center and, you know, there's, there's this lush vegetation that's overgrowing everything and it's a very small and unpretentious. And you're, I say to myself, well, where is this equestrian center that I'm looking for? And it's very, it's a very small operation, but, oh my gosh, these horses were amazing. Now, sadly, my phone was crushed. So all the pictures <laughs> that I have of the place are gone. That's right. But you I, broke your phone. I, I broke my phone. Let me tell you something. These horses were shiny. They were well-muscled without yeah, being... That's not what you think of when you think Caribbean horses. Oh my gosh. And we saw the other kinds, which... I, I mean, I could go on for an hour about what we saw there. And it was all really good. Um, these horses were fat and shiny, but, you know, like well-muscled. They were calm. There was no um, – no, Antigua has been going through a drought. So the last three years they've had this drought. So a lot of their pastures, their, their paddocks were mostly dirt. So they were on dry lots. But every paddock had two to three beautiful tropical trees as shade. And hanging from the trees were huge, small whole hay nets filled with this beautiful hay. Where did they like, get the hay? I don't even know. But I have a theory. I didn't have a chance to ask, but I have a theory. So the horses, are they're super healthy. Their feet look great. I got to watch a little group lesson on Saturday morning. And, you know, horses from ponies up to these big draft cro crosses. The riders were, like, phenomenal. Quiet hands, quiet legs all girls that were under 13, the horses were just plodding along. All of them, some of them were like collected and these kids are doing nothing. I, I honestly, it was, I was stunned and, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but it was such a pleasure to see this, these happy kids and these happy horses just plugging around, you know, on this Caribbean Island. So my theory about why the horses are, and a lot of the animals, so there's goats that roam wild around the island, like herds of them, you know, like we see wild turkeys and stuff and geese, they well, they have goats, goats. <laughs> and donkeys and people keep farm animals 
personally, you know, like somebody could have a cow or, or a bull. And there were some horses up uh, by the airport. There's a big stable up there. And the horses were all turned out in this huge field that had no fence around it. But every horse was tied. They were tethered. So they had a rope around their neck. It was a long rope. And then like a cement block that they were tied to. And there they would graze. So instead of putting fences up, they tethered the horses. And I thought, oh, that's, I don't know about that. That's a little rough. You know, where's their water? How long have they been out here? The sun is so hot. (laughs) And you look at them. And again, they're in beautiful health. Their coats are shiny. They're in great weight. They're alert. They seemed happy. Some of them were napping. So cultural differences in, in animal keeping, probably. Can I judge it negatively? I can't because the animal, animals didn't reflect any negativity. Mm. Well, they don't really- know what they don't know either. I mean, is that part of it, you think? Or maybe they know something different. Yeah. You know, maybe they grew up up different than than ours. (laughs) They did. Yeah. And like I said, the, uh, the horses looked happy. The goats, there were no skin and bones. There were no skinny animals out there. None. None. Well, very cool. Very cool. Glad you had a good trip. Now, real quick, before we run out of time. Yeah. um, You didn't take too well to sailboating. Oh my God. You had to bring it up. (laughs) Um, up. Okay. You, you, you showed one picture and you looked like a little green. Well, green in the sailboat in the ocean. So Buck really wanted to go sailing, like big boy sailing, not get on a catamaran with 80 other people in a cocktail. I was like, all right. No, there were no cocktails. (laughs) No, no, not the kind that we enjoy anyway. Uh, So we we found a place that does these private charters, they're called. Um, The English call boats yachts. And if it's a sailboat, they call it a sailing yacht. So it was a private yacht charter. Um, And there were four of us that went out as as guests. And then there were two, two crew members. And we, we took out a 40 foot, um, Benito or Benito, I think is the name of the boat. It's a sloop. Um, it's a single mast, but it, it's, this is an ocean racing sailboat. This is serious business. And, uh, we left Falmouth Bay, Falmouth Harbor, which was very calm and quiet. And as soon as you go out of the Harbor, you hit the open Atlantic Ocean. And this is the Atlantic Ocean, as if you're sailing to England Ocean. And I wasn't quite prepared for the change in seas from the harbor to the ocean. And, and they were fairly big swells. Now, big for a novice. Now, imagine you're a horse person and you take your one of your, your long-lost friends and you put them on your 16-2 hand, super quiet X-Racing thoroughbred or Dutch warm blood, and they're freaking, they're scared as anything, you know, but for you, this, this horse is like super bomb proof. Well, these people are really experienced sailors. The seas were calm according to them and they could sail this boat with their pinky. So they decided to have me steer the boat. Which, which so, by the way, the steering wheel is about eight foot tall. <laughs> it's yeah, the biggest damn it's, steering wheel I've ever seen. It's a big. Well, <laughs> what you don't see in the picture is for as much of the boat as you see above water, there's almost as much of that boat under the water. The The hull has a keel that that acts as a counterweight. Uh, dude, I learned so much about the physics of sailing. It was it was pretty awesome. And I think our horse-loving friends will appreciate it because I'll do this a lot, especially on that Newport show. I will draw comparisons between riding horses and sailing boats. 
the, your heart, you have the same, sailors and equestrians have the same kind of heart and the same kind of devotion to their animal, their vessel, their gear, the lifestyle, and the people that they want to share their passion with. So if you're a horse person, um, you'll appreciate the physics of all this. So anyway, I'm behind this, this wheel and I put my hands on it and I, I can actually feel the power of the boat design, the wind, the, the way the sails are trimmed or the rigging, the way all this works together, the physics of it. And then I was hit with the sheer responsibility of being responsible for this vessel and the people on board it. At least that's what my little brain was thinking. (laughs) And I started to have a panic attack. I was like, I have got, okay, I'm done. I cannot steer this boat anymore. And they're like, no, 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 you're doing fine. And I said, no, really, I'm not doing fine. I need to go over there and sit down. (laughs) I need to go throw up, please. (laughs) Well, I wasn't sick yet. So prior to to steering the boat, I was having a blast. I was loving the roller coaster ride of going up and down on the swells. That part, it's, it's like having a really good canter, right? Being on a sailboat in the, in the ocean is just like that. It's that awesome feeling, that forward rolling movement. It was, I just became overwhelmed with the responsibility of that wheel. And then I had this panic attack and I was staring at the ocean instead of the land and I started to get seasick. And uh, I held my act together for a little while, but once that process was in motion, there was no way to stop that train. And oh God, poor Helena. I ended up puking up over the back of the boat, (laughs) right behind the skipper. I'm like, That's romantic. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, just, just go downwind to me. He's like, it's okay. We all, he's like, he said this English term, like we all have to let it up every now and again, but just do it downwind. I was like, all right, Uh, no problem. uh, (laughs) Um, But, you know, like horse people, when somebody new comes along and they experience the, the not so happy side of your sport, you're super empathetic because we've all been there, right? Mm -hmm. We've all been there. They were so kind and so, um, supportive and empathetic. It made me just want to like, like get back out on a boat and do it again. Well, you did have an adventure, that's for sure, between the spiders and the seasickness and everything else. It, you Wherever Helena goes, it's an adventure. It is an adventure. <laughs> it wouldn't be fun without an adventure. But I highly recommend the island of Antigua, uh, whether you stay at a resort or you rent a cottage on your own. It's very friendly, and compared to a lot of the other Caribbean islands, it's um, it's easy for an American or European to acclimate to island life, even if you're there for just a week. Highly recommend it. And probably most of the properties that you find on Like Vacations by Owner are, are expats anyway, right? I'm going to own them. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, you know, the native Antiguans are, it's a well-to-do country. It, it really is. So um, there's not a lot of poverty there. I mean, you find it everywhere, but Antigua by no means is a, a poor nation. And so um, they, you know, sugar Sugar cane, sugar mills used to be the number one export, and then that went away. And so, of course, uh, tourism has taken its place. So you rent a place out on an island, you're you're pretty much going to get something that you'll be very happy with. Cool. Well, very good. Well, I'm glad you guys had a good time. Uh, and you weren't in hurricane season, so you were safe. <laughs> no, hurricane season starts uh, in July. It goes July through November. But you know what? It's just like... What they say about it there is it's just like being here in the wintertime in New England. You know, what are the chances of 
In fact, we get blizzards, those big nor'easters, far more often than these guys get hurricanes. So, um, you know, I don't know. They, they, the hurricane season is becoming less and less of an issue for travel to the islands. Very cool. Well, thank you, Helena. I feel You're like welcome. I was there in the blue water. Yeah. And like I said, go to that newportshow.com or follow us on Facebook and you'll see pictures of everything I did such a poor job of describing. <laughs> you did a great job describing. Well, let's get to our first guest. We're going to get a little geeky here right now. Where uh, All of you are podcast listeners or you wouldn't be hearing us today. You obviously like podcasts or you wouldn't have continued to listen. So we're going to get geek out a little bit with a podcasting friend of ours by the name of Jessica Rhodes. We were just on her podcast called The Podcast Producers, Helena and I. Well, sort of Helena and I will explain that. And uh, let's geek out a little bit about podcasting with Jessica Rhodes. Hi, Jessica. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. This is this is such an honor to welcome be on to Horse World. Thank you. Gosh, I haven't been in Horse World, Horse World, in a long time. Well, this is that you know there is horse poop everywhere. Some <laughs> of us deal with it differently. That's all. <laughs> well, Jessica, we were honored to well. Some of us were honored to be on your show called The Podcast Producers. You only picked like what a dozen podcasters to be on this year. Your well, second season. yeah, only there are only eight episodes this season, so a little more than eight guests because a couple episodes like yours had uh, you know co hosts, but eight podcasts were represented with a little bit more, maybe 12 or 14 guests total. <laughs> and we were one of those, Helena. And you were one, I when know. You what Yes, when we listed our favorite podcasters that we wanted to interview, you guys were on there. We rock. Oh my gosh, I feel like a superstar. <laughs> yeah. Well, Helena was sort of on it. Um, I was yes. sort of on it. I messed <laughs> up, <laughs> apparently. So I go, all right, what happens? I leave the country and I come back to all this chatter where apparently I exploded the episode because <laughs> oh, that's yeah. what I do. It was well, her aura. It was- Corey was moving from Costa Rica. Corey lives in Costa Rica half the year. So he's moving back to Canada for the summer. And his move across the world is happening the week he needs to edit this show. Oh, and, gosh. and I'm like, where, you know, come on, come on, come on. And then like at the last minute, already late getting the show up, he starts editing and messaged me at like 10 at night. So I'm missing three quarters of Alina's recording. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, wow, well, how, how is that possible? <laughs> I don't, Alina by the way, she's possible. in what country were you in? I was in Antigua. Antigua, yeah. Oh my so. gosh, where is that? Um, it is the, it's part of the Lesser Antilles in the West Indies, the Caribbean. Oh, wow. So not yeah. real good on internet uh, connections no. there. Yeah, <laughs> no. And not really wanting to think about podcasting or us, for that matter. So I, I, I totally understand that. You know, when I go to a Caribbean island, I tend to disconnect from podcasting too. Well, you know what's funny is, you know what's funny is, well, we were there. I was focusing on my other podcast show, and so you never. And and this is something, Jessica, I know you can attest to, is you're kind of married to your podcast. You yes. never really leave it behind. It becomes like a family member. So even when you are on some beautiful Caribbean island, you're like, oh, my listeners would love to see a picture of this or my <laughs> yep. listeners would love to know yeah. about that adventure. You really don't ever leave it behind. It's a part yeah, of you. Yeah, because it's not, I mean, it's not a, a job that we just have to clock in and out of. Like, we really love it. So that's why I think, you know, podcasters and 
entrepreneurs, like we don't necessarily just totally disconnect all the time when we go away because we really love it. It's, it's something that we, we love. So why would we want to totally disconnect from it? So we're Absolutely. thinking about uh, going to Colorado. We've never been to Colorado. So we're talking about going to Colorado on vacation in September. And then we're going, well, wait a minute. There's a trade show that we've never gone to. Wisa, uh, Helena, is out there. Uh, the yep. Western Equestrian one. And it's in Denver. And it's the 9th and 10th of September. Well, we can hit that the first two days. And then we're going, we could do a listener meetup while we're in Colorado. And then I know all these podcasters in Colorado. And now all of a sudden, there's no time left for vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what, Glenn? That's a smart uh, business move because the vacation can be a business expense. I know. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Like, we don't do that anyway. (laughs) You have to balance out the time thing, you know. So much time having fun and so much time working. I know. I wish that when we went down to Tampa, um, you know, I brought my family, but we didn't budget in any extra time for just relaxation. So it was in and we were out, but we should have, I mean, my husband and my two kids were off, you know, going to the aquarium and different things, but I didn't really get any downtime. No, you were having too much fun with us. I know, which it was a lot of fun. Well, I wanted to mention, if you haven't had a chance to check it out, go to our Facebook page at Stable Scoop uh, Radio Show. Uh, We put up their, we mentioned this before, I think, Helene, on the show, that they're doing a documentary on podcasting that actually run by the Florida group down here. But the quality of this documentary, uh, judging by the trailer, is unbelievable. It looks like a, an official movie. It does look like an oh, official was, movie. Where, didn't you get goosebumps when you watched it? It was really, it's really, really cool. And I was in it. But, but I, uh, and also Scooter was in it. I know. It was so fun to see you um, and your wife on the horses. <laughs> that was cool. And that was a drone shot. They brought a drone in and, and stuff. Cool. But if you want to see the trailer for this documentary, it's called The Messengers, a podcast documentary. So, Helena, I didn't get a chance to talk to you yet. Did you see the trailer for the movie? I did see The Messengers, the trailer, and I got all choked up. I like, Tears welled up in my eyes. I got a funny story to tell you guys. Uh, would you? Uh, how would you describe to our audience Dave Jackson, like the godfather of podcasting? Um, oh, gosh. Okay. <clears throat> First of all, the he, like the Dalai Lama. Yes. Podcasting. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. That's a good. Re- would you say Jessica? Has, that's about yeah, the good reference yeah. for Dave Jackson. He, he has a lot of knowledge and a lot of wisdom, and knows how to tailor what he knows. To what you need to hear. And he has a great show. It's been around for 10 years. He, he really knows what, what everything there is to know about podcasting. I was chatting with him after it came out, uh, the trailer came out yesterday, and he said, don't tell anybody, but I played it about 20 times. And I said, don't tell anyone I played it about 20 times, too. Well, that's what happens when you're the star, but you just want to keep watching yourself over and over again. <laughs> no ego involved there at all. <laughs> Jessica, so yes. in that trailer, it ended with me actually that yeah. saying that we're just beginning. You know, podcasting's mm-hmm. been around for ten years. We've been doing it for nine or for ten or twelve years. We've been doing it for nine of those years. Actually, Helene and I. And I said at the end that we're just beginning because I truly believe podcasting is was in its infancy, and now we're getting out of diapers. Um, yeah. And I believe we are in the beginning. Do you believe that? I do. I really do. I forget if it was you or if it was Dave, but um, somebody on the documentary was saying that it has gone up in popularity every single year. It continues to get more popular. And I know that there are some podcasters that are saying, well, you know, um, some people don't know if it's it's getting more popular or if it's, it's starting to kind of level out. And, 
you know, I have a business that serves podcasters and, you know, I work with people in the podcasting industry. And if my business growth is any reflection of the growth of podcasting, then yeah, it's growing. (laughs) Yeah. That's a, that's a great way to put it. And there is, um, there will be a leveling out as all new technologies sort of follow the bell curve, you know, and we, we hit a peak. Um, but I think what's happening is that people are, there's still a lot of people that I talk to who don't know how to access the shows and so, or a podcast in general. And one of the, the, the first two questions that people will ask me when I introduce, um, uh, either stable scoop or that Newport show is what is that? And I mm-hmm. tell them it's a it's a podcast. And then the next question they say is, well, how do I listen? Or what station right. are you on? <laughs> <laughs> or how yeah. do I listen? So I think that once the accessibility of podcasts becomes yeah. more mainstream, mm-hmm. then um, then maybe we'll start to see a leveling off. But you are right, Jessica. We are still on the way up. There's- I think, yeah, it's a good point you make about the just the accessibility for average people, you know, not podcasters like ourselves. Because sometimes when we're in our own little bubble of podcasters, we're like, of course everyone knows what it is. And then as soon as you talk to someone outside of this world, they're like, what, what, what is what? it? What do you have? I got to gotta tell you, we had our mm-hmm. auditors a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if, Alina, you were on vacation or not, but I had them go out to their barns where all their friends are and ask them, if they, one, if they've ever listened to a podcast, not even ours, but a podcast, and two is why haven't they? And over, and I got about 100 responses from our auditors because they're like the best ever. Mm-hmm. And the responses all were, I don't know how it sounds complicated. So I think there's a mental block with people too. You know how it is trying something new. You put it off, you put it off, and then you try it and go, well, that was so hard. Right. And it really is in our case, download an app, which they've all done. They all play Angry Birds or Words mm-hmm. with Friends. And, <laughs> you know, they just download our app and hit play. It's that simple. Yeah. Um, Because our shows are there. They don't even have to worry about anything. They just download the app and literally hit play. Yeah. Um, so there, you know, that barrier's there. So when I, I just, by the way, I wanted to tell everybody, if you haven't gone to it yet, go to horseradionetwork.com. We completely redesigned the site because Google made us or they were going to delist us. So <laughs> we redesigned the site. It's, it's very friendly now. And the first thing at the top of that page is uh, how you listen to our shows. I put that at the very top of the homepage because that is still the problem. Yeah, I think that they also, I think that it would be great if Apple... You know, there's a podcast app that com- that's native on the iPhone. So literally everyone with an iPhone can get in there. But and I think that app should be redesigned and more easily, you know, make it easier. Because if you click on my podcast, if you don't have any podcasts subscribed to, which if you're new to listening to podcasts, you won't. It's a little bit confusing of where to go. Well, and the other thing, too, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but when I'm looking for a new podcast, it's daunting. Mm-hmm. Oh my yep. God! Yes, it is. How to find a show to listen to? Yeah, and they're all there. They're all listed. You search for whatever, mm-hmm. and you look at all the entries, and you go, "I don't even know where to start." So I can see why people are frustrated by that. And it's like a big commitment to download a show. You're like, "All right, do I want to download?" I know. This I'm the same. I it was it just me. And take up <laughs> my precious space on my phone. Predictability. One of the things that we talk about in the web design usability world is a predictability factor. You know, before a user clicks on a link, you need to give them some sort of prediction as to what they're going to find behind that link because they don't, they don't have the time to make a commitment and podcasts are even bigger. It's, you know, like 10 times the commitment of just an unwanted web page. So you really do need to, somehow the industry needs to tighten up that ship and make it easier for people to find not only shows with content that are is relevant to them to the listener mm -hmm. but then 
But then you, you know, you can spend five minutes listening to a show and go, eh, no, I really don't like these hosts or the tone of their voice is a little bit difficult to listen to. Yeah. So you, there is a little bit of a trial and error part of it, mm-hmm. which us, means you have give to us make 10 minutes, it. By the way, give us, 10, yeah, yeah, give us 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I usually tell people you've got 30 seconds before someone decides. <laughs> we want 10 minutes, Jessica. We're, we're greedy. <laughs> Now, the other problem I think podcasting has right now, and again, we're geeking out a little bit about podcasting because we know you all like podcasts, you wouldn't be listening. Um, The other problem that podcasting has, and this is a complaint that I've heard over and over and over again, is that, and a complaint I have, is when I go to iTunes or whatever your podcatcher is, is you go there, you find a podcast you like, and it hasn't been updated, or they've dropped off 90, Mm. the number still is something like 98% of podcasts are dead. Which, oh yeah. You know, with all oh. the new podcasting out podcasts coming out, what is it, a thousand a week or something? It's just crazy. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. And or a thousand a week, thousand a month, something like that. And yet in six months, ninety-eight percent of them will have stopped. Yeah, people don't stick with it long enough. So what that does is bad for us because we, you know, we've we haven't missed an episode in nine years. Mm-hmm. And but it's bad for us because po- People coming into podcasting, the friends of the people listening to the show today are going to find all the dead ones and go, well, this is just frustrating. I'm out of here. And they're not going to keep looking until they find the good ones. And Mm -hmm. how many are you going to go through as a person till you find one that's actually still producing? And I think that's, that's a negative for all of us. Yeah, it's hard because on the one hand, um, I, I would not argue for, you know, dead podcasts to be taken out of iTunes because if it's evergreen content, it could still be valuable for people to listen to, you know, years in the future. However, it does make it hard if you're trying to find something that's current, you know, maybe there should sign something like, you know, archived show or you ah, know, not yes. currently just so people know that, all right, you're, you can go on and listen to the previous episodes, but you're not going to get anything new to it. Or how about when you see all the logos lined up, there's a little green dot on the corner. That means you've produced the show oh, in like the last that. month. I like and there's that. a little yellow dot and a little whatever. There's a green and a mm-hmm. red dot or whatever it is, or just a green dot that says I've done one in the last month. So people can look at the pictures of the, you know, the show notes picture or the uh, podcast. Yeah. Pic- what the hell is that called? The podcast artwork. Thank you. They can look at the artwork and go, okay, I know this is an active show. Yeah, I like that idea. Something that simple. We should know? really send this to Apple. This is Yeah, I'm sure this is listening. great. <laughs> well, you know, no, no, no. This is actually... You never know because they do have these forums and they do have, um, you know, feature requests. It, well, this is also something that you can implement with an actual network because you all, I'm guessing all of your shows on the Horse Radio Network are current, right? Yeah. If they're on the app, they're, they're producing episodes, correct? Because there could be, somebody could have a network of shows and maybe one show is archived. You could just really implement this idea with your own network if you were to have a show that is no longer producing, still have it up, but maybe don't have the green light on. Because I know some people with a network that, you know, like Jason Hartman, for example, has like 21 shows, but he's not currently publishing on all those podcasts. Yeah. And we, what we do is those shows I take off our app Mm. because I, and you can still get them. You can still get them on iTunes. You can still get them on our website, but I take them off the app because I only want the active shows on the app. 
That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, makes I don't sense. know if I'm right or wrong on that, but then who knows if we're right or wrong about any of this. We <laughs> So <laughs> Jessica, conversation. where can people find our interview with you guys? Yeah. So go to the podcastproducers.com and let me just double check if there's a specific URL. I should really have known that ahead of it's, time. Uh, yeah, podcastproducers.com slash season dash two. We'll put it in our show yeah. notes and, and we, we'll, we'll plug it on. We've already plugged it on Facebook, but I'll put it up again. Yeah, it doesn't look like there's a separate blog post for each one. It's just kind of a long feed. But yeah, yeah. the podcastproducers.com slash season dash two. You guys should go and listen to Glenn and Helena. It was a fun, fun conversation with Helena at the tail end of it. <laughs> <laughs> that was diplomatic, that's Jessica. Like I appreciate that's it. where we like to Helena's I, at the I ass end. Like that, <laughs> that was awesome. She was just she was really diplomatic. She I was. love you, Jessica. I said ass end. She I love you guys too. <laughs> Fellow Rhode Islander, she was being nice to you. <laughs> and you also have another show. Yes, Roads to Success. Um, plays on my last name, R-H-O-D-E-S, Roads to Success. Been largely a business and marketing show, but I'm kind of niching down into some podcast topics. Actually starting to put out some kind of teaching style episodes, which will be fun. And so. now we have a, a lot of very, very smart, much smarter than we are uh, <laughs> listeners. Uh, we're always shocked at how we have doctors and lawyers and all these people. You also have another business, and I just want to mention that because mm-hmm. some of them may be interested in that from the guest side. Sure. Yeah. Interview Connections is my business, and we book podcast guests. Um, so we get people booked for interviews on podcasts as a guest expert, and we work with podcasters to find and book um, interviewees on their show. And I can attest to that service because Jessica was kind enough to hook me up with my, in fact, um, a guest that I interviewed yeah. today, which was wonderful. So yeah, it was an old friend of mine, actually. So I'm like constantly matchmaking, even when I'm not working in my business. <laughs> I like how you put that you, cause you have such a positive, joyful energy that it is more about, it's, it's less, I don't know. It doesn't have that corporate business feel. You are yeah. like, a like I genuinely that- like bringing people together because it's so fun to see the relationships come out of it. Yeah. All I yeah. can picture is the matchmaker in Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, <laughs> that's all I can picture right now in my mind is, uh, I forget what her name was, but uh, <laughs> you're not old and crinkly enough, Jessica, for that. No, so. unfortunately I'm not. <laughs> Give it time. She's got kids. You know. That's true. Yeah. She's on the fast track there. <laughs> exactly, right? Jessica it's a, Rhodes. It's a cool club though, Jessica. It's a cool club. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on. Thanks for having me. Take care. Bye. Well, Jennifer just got a couple boxes in from horselovers.com. And the nice part is the coupon code still exists. You put HRN in the coupon code and you get 10% off your order. And now if you go to horselovers.com, Helena, you haven't even seen this yet. Look in the upper right hand corner of horselovers.com. And what do you see? Uh oh, I see. I spy with my little eye. Hear about us on radio or Or print. Little microphone up there. (laughs) We're in the upper right hand corner. You'll see a little microphone. All you do is click on that, put HRN in, and you get your discount applied to your order. So it's that simple. They've made it so easy. I didn't. They didn't even tell me about this. I just saw it yesterday. And and Jennifer ordered last week. It wasn't there. So they've. We're at the front page of horselovers.com. And she ordered a fly sheet for her horse. She ordered a different sheet for her horse. I'll tell you what. She got these sheets. They were Weatherbeta, I think. Yeah, Weatherbeta sheets. Yeah. She got them on sale. And I think the total bill, and then she ordered some other stuff, was like 60 bucks. 
Awesome. I mean, it just the prices at at uh, horselovers.com is incredible. And if you keep an eye on their flash sales or their deals of the day, uh, you can get some really, really big deals. Uh, you know what? You know, I can I make a confession? Yeah. One of the things that I love about horselovers.com is because they carry so much apparel, even though it's for equestrians, I find myself shopping there. Just for regular clothes. Yeah, and it's affordable. You can afford to shop there for regular clothes. That's well, the cool thing. Between the discounts, the promos, and then the stuff that goes on sale. And like, why do I even need to shop anywhere else? Like, I wear mostly horse clothes anyway, and they have such super cute things. Yeah, I told I told everybody while you were gone, we... Um, <laughs> and I'm going on there right now. Yes, it's still there. The, do you know the Absorbing Ultra Shield Sport Continuous Fly Spray is the bottle that you can turn upside down? It's aerosol. Yep. And we, it's on sale there for $4. Wasn't that nuts? It's $15, $16 if you're going to the tax shop. It's still on sale. I just looked for four dollars. We bought a case of six, and it costs us. Well, it was like twenty-four bucks for a case of fly spray. Well, I don't know where you're looking at fifteen to sixteen dollars because that kind of stuff around here goes for like twenty to twenty-three dollars. Well, right now you get on there, you order it, and you put in your ten percent discount code. So, Love it. Uh, check it out uh, for all your fly spray needs. For well, they're the largest uh, online tack shop, so anything you want is going to be there, uh, and you can get the discount too. Prices are great, and the selection is unbelievable. You have to go there like every week and check out the specials, though. Uh, it's really worth it. And get their emails. I get their emails now, so that helps a lot too. It is the year of the listener. And now, our Stable Scoop Listener of the Week. Well, Jessica Troop is here, and she is our Listener of the Week. Hi, Jess. Hello. Thank you for having me. Je- Jess is an auditor, and, and how long have you been listening to the shows? Oh, gosh. Probably since 2012, maybe? Yeah, wow, she can she right. can claim years. Years. She's got two thousand. <laughs> she's like two thousand. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> she knows us. How'd you find us in the first place, Horse Radio Network? Um, so I had started leasing a horse again, and I wanted podcasts just about horses, and so I went into iTunes and typed in horses and found you guys. Um, and then I got really excited when you guys came out with the app and I downloaded the app because that made everything even easier. Do you listen on the app, by the way? I do. Yeah. Um, I usually have to listen to them after they're already recorded just because, you know, jobs and life. But, um, yeah, that's how I get to all of them. Well, cool. And by the way, if you don't have our app yet, it's Horse Radio Network uh, and iOS or Android app store. It's free and it's easy. Download the app, hit play. That's pretty much it. Uh, it's that simple. Well, well, now you listen to us uh, because you do a lot of driving. Tell us about your real job. H- Helena, we have another smart one, by the way. Oh, boy. <laughs> they just keep coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, yeah, so I work in medical sales. Um, so I am driving all day long, all over the place. And, you know, just going and visiting um, clients and talking about diseases and uh, products and things like that. So I am behind the wheel a lot, probably as much as a trucker. So we, we, um, we talked about with our first guest today how smart our listeners are. Yeah. And every time I have one on, I feel so small because you, you, you got a big brain, girl. 
Oh gosh. Well, <laughs> I don't know, know about that. It's a nice job to have, despite the driving, um, you do have a lot of freedom, don't you? Do, would you say that, that doing the type of work that you do gives you some flexibility that other people in a cubicle might not have? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really nice to kind of make, make your own schedule. Um, you know, you're really kind of, you know, it, you're kind of a small business owner in a way because you're you're doing your own thing. Um, it, you, you definitely have to be a go-getter and kind of somebody who who can work like that, but I, I love it. I'm not an office person. Um, so yet you're kind in of ho- like the perfect it's, fit it's, for me. It's funny because yet you're in offices all day and, and I, you know, with pharmaceutical sales and medical sales, boy, you guys have to hustle. That's a hustling gig. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. Now do you, um, you're married? I am. Yes. Uh, we just had our two year anniversary last week. Well, congratulations. Happy anniversary. Oh, is your husband you. is your husband horsey? Um, I made him horsey kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite thing to um, keep. He's been indoctrinated kind of. Um, we're still working on it. Um he I I tried to get him, you know, doing trail rides and things like that. Um but he had a bad experience on one of the last Oops. trail rides we did, which was about a year ago. And it was after I had, or no, it was more than that now, probably right before we got married. So I guess it was two years ago. And um, so I had just gotten my off-track thoroughbred and he, we were on a trail ride with like a group and um, my guy was really, you know, having a hard time. So I'm like, you know what, you guys go ahead and I'm going to work with, with my horse on whatever's happening right now. Well, they didn't realize that, um, my poor husband was still a beginner rider and they all took off galloping across (gasps) the field. And he was on like (laughs) this giant draft horse that I thought was, you know, super safe. And he was, I mean, and until he thinks he's getting um, left behind. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, of course this horse took off with the group and he, um, at least he stayed on because he, he said he thought about jumping off and I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you didn't do that. Yeah. Um, bailing out never works the way you think it's going to. No, yeah. Oh, right, so, um, <laughs> oh, poor guy. All right. So he yeah. either has to forget. see men. Now this may be gender bias, but I'm going to roll with it anyway. Men don't have that internal mechanism that makes them forget their pain. I think women are born with it so that we can keep reproducing <laughs> when we have children and we go through labor. After the child comes, you forget about all that chaos and all that pain. So you can have more kids. Men, I don't think are born with that. So when they have a bad experience on a horse, <laughs> it takes them a lot longer to forget. Yes. So. And, <laughs> and you know, what's interesting yeah. is in marriage, it's just the opposite. You know, women never forget anything that you do wrong. (laughs) They never forget that. Whereas men are like, eh, what the hell? You know, we're we're moving on because we just don't have the we, we're too lazy to remember it. Uh, but you're you guys are like twenty years later still bringing up the same thing. So it's funny how it's the exact opposite. But I agree with the pain thing, by the way, Helena. I think that's true. Yeah. Well, Jessica, now tell us about your horse. Um, so he is, I call him a war horse because he, they raced him until he was eight years old. Um, he, and I got him, I guess, shortly after he came off the track, I was volunteering at the therapeutic riding center 
and um, they th- this track it was the track closed down, so that's why they you know took him off. Um, and so they brought him there for them to to sell because they weren't going to be able to to use him for therapeutic riding, obviously. Um, but I was there and I was like, oh well, you know, don't sell him just yet. Let me work with him and. Yeah, so I totally fell in love with him and had to buy him. Um, and now I've had him, let's see, so I guess I got him in 2012. So maybe I've had him a little longer than I thought. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so, sorry, I think my phone cut out for a second. Can yep. you guys hear me? Yep, you're here. Yep. Okay, yep. Good. Where you no worries. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, so I've, I've had him since 2012. Um, and he, he's come so far. Um, he had to put a lot of weight on and, you know, really kind of learn the basic things that horses need to learn, you know, after coming from living a life of literally living at the track. Um, but, uh, you know, he has a little claim to fame. He did win at Saratoga in 2007. So I think that's kind of cool. I have the pictures from that. Um, that I'm trying to get framed for my house, but, um, yeah, so he, but I mean, I'm just so surprised that, you know, him having been on the track for so long, he is just cool as a cucumber when it comes to pretty much everything. Um, I mean, I can, I've taken him on all kinds of trail rides. He's seen things that I'm like, okay, for sure, this is going to be it. He's going to bolt or he's going to blow up. Um, and he hasn't, I mean, he's come like face to face with a giant buck. Um, and you know, standing right in front of him on a trail and he's been like, okay, well, let's just stand here and wait for it to go away. So, um, he's, he's pretty amazing. So we're working on, um, doing some combined training right now. Um, we're doing, we, you know, we've had our training put off for a little bit because I had an injury, not horse related. Uh, it was car accident. And then the, my horse had an injury, um, he got kicked by another horse. So we've, we've had to put our stuff on hold off and on for a while, but now we're back into doing jumpers and dressage. So really excited to get back into that and hopefully do some showing this summer. Now you're in Virginia, right? Yep. Yep. I'm just North of Richmond. So kind of like a Northern suburb of, of Richmond. What, um, in part of the, the oh, Helena cut there, you're, you're, we have to wait for your sound to come back. Helena's having internet issues today. Uh oh. So. Okay. Uh, not yet. Uh, okay. Interesting. Not yet. What were you going to ask? I'll just ask, and then we'll wait. It, by the time I'm done, your sound will be back. I know. Um, I was going to ask her. Well, her bio said you. She moved from Tennessee to. Uh, no, some from Florida to Virginia. So I. That's sort of the opposite of what a lot of people oh, do. Yeah, so yeah, I wanted yeah. to ask okay. about what brought her. What brought you to Virginia? Oh, okay, and your sound's sort of coming back now, so you can probably even ask it yourself. Okay. Three? Three, two, one. So in the bio background that you sent to us before this week's episode, it says that you went from Florida, or you moved from Florida to Virginia. Now, a lot of people go the other way around, because they not that Virginia is a cold place, but what prompted you to move to Virginia from, from Florida? Um, so it was it was my husband's job that brought us up to yeah, to Virginia. And we very much miss Florida, um, to put it lightly. (laughs) Um, What part of Florida were you in? So we were in Tallahassee. Um, I actually grew up there and that's where we met. And then, um, 
I have a lot of family just throughout Florida. I'm, you know, born and raised, so I miss it. Um, I know we want to come back at some point. Um, but we for miss now, yes, you in Virginia. We're we're actually doing a vacation to Florida in two weeks, and we can't wait. Where are you um, going? Where are you going? Where are you going? We. So we're going to St. George Island. Um, it's in the Panhandle. Um, it's off the coast. Um, maybe not quite as far as Dustin, but but kind of out there. Um, it's honestly my my favorite beach in the world, just because it's it's not super touristy like some of the other ones can be, and and. It's just always been a family vacation spot for us. Cool. Very good. Well, one of these trips down there, you're going to have to come by the studio. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, Because you guys are in Ocala, which is really not that far from uh, Tallahassee. No, it's not. And you're welcome anytime. And they're fun to stay with, I promise you. They're not as... Well, Jennifer is awesome. Glenn (laughs) has his days. (laughs) But he's, he's a very gracious host, I can say. Oh, well, after everything I've heard about Nigel and Beaker, or, um, well, Beaker's gone now, but uh, Scooter, I I have to meet them at some point. Yes, that's there. right. And you have to You'll go for a cart in, ride. Huh? You have to go for a cart ride to experience bolting. It's just something. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> you have to do. <laughs> um, well, speaking of these this, this traveling and, and adventures, tell us what the most adventurous place is that you've ever ridden a horse. Um... Well, so, I mean, I have, I've done like the normal, like local national parks that we have here in Virginia. Um, and even, you know, some of the ones down in, uh, Tallahassee, like we have, you know, the Greenway. So, I mean, it's not super, super exciting. Um, the one thing I've had happen is, so I used to board, my horse's name is Apache, by the way. I don't think I mentioned that. Um, I used to board Apache at this place that kind of, that also had a um, a dog boarding facility and training facility on site, and one of the my favorite fields happened to double as a Schutzen field, which Schutzen is it's what they train the the police dogs and protection dogs, you know the German shepherds, and you know they they do the bite training there. Um, and I always made sure to avoid the times that they were going to be out training for very obvious reasons. Um, but it was a great place to have a good, you know, canter around the field and everything. Um, but I've definitely had my run-ins where, you know, I'm, I'm exiting the field and they're coming in with a, with a, like a, it's kind of weird because they would have this. SUV and it would pull like a trailer, like you would pull a horse trailer, except for it was for dogs. It's it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Um, and it's got these little kennels in there and it's full of angry, crazy German shepherds and they're just going nuts and they're seeing the horse. And um, so <laughs> Scooter would be so he... out of there. We would be in the next <laughs> county. We'd be in the next state in about 10 minutes. <laughs> So at least I can say I'm my kidding. horse is angry German Shepherd proof. proof yeah, <laughs> not yeah, everybody he, can say that. that. That's a skill. Put it on his resume. Yeah. That's it, funny. It's, yeah, it's on there for sure. Um, among all the other weird things that he's seen with all the farms we've boarded at, so I guess that's definitely the weirdest thing we've ever encountered. Um, <laughs> I we've also had um, one of the barn cats jump into the saddle with me. Oh, that's always um, fun. Which he didn't like too much. No. Um, 
That's always fun. No. The one time I did see Jennifer yeah. get bucked off was when she was riding a crazy Arab to begin with. This, this horse was just nuts. Uh, and she was trying to get it a nut, and she was trying to be very calm and patient with it, you know, Monty Roberts style. And in the middle of the arena, I was standing out there <laughs> oh, with no. her. The middle of the arena, this one of the barn cats takes a flying leap right onto the horse's butt and digs in. Oh, uh, no. Jennifer went about 10 feet in the air, and uh, that horse was gone. <laughs> it was just, oh we never got it right after that either. That horse ended up going to, to a sale or something because it was just nuts. But who could blame it? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, oh. we have some rapid-fire questions for you. Helena, are you ready? I am ready. Are right, you ready, Jess? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Tell us what is your favorite food. Oh, Got to be mac and cheese. Yeah. Oh, yes. yum. Yes. Oh, man. Okay. What's your least favorite food? It's a tie between onions and mayonnaise. Butler, oh, that's... onions. I'm there with you, girl. Whew. Oh, can't do them. Okay. All right. And and so are you the type of person who no, will bloom pick... an onion for her at Outback? I, will you pick <laughs> the onions off a hamburger if somebody accidentally puts them on there or will oh, you yeah. suck it up and eat them? Oh, no. I, I do it, and sometimes I'll make my husband do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, too. There are times I'm like, listen, I'm really kind of very courteous and respectful, but I have got to pick the onions off this because if I eat them, I will die. <laughs> you know. Oh, it's an art form, too, when you're able to eat, like, perfectly around it, too. It, it, it's a skill. I'm that it way is an art form. I can pick a mushroom out of anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So besides onions, I'm going to assume that you have a pet peeve that's related to the equestrian world. What is it? Um, you know, I really can't stand it when people, you know, they, they get a horse and then they just never spend any time with them. And they, they only come out to the barn to they get on, they ride, they get off, and that's it. Like, spend some time with your pony. Mm, assuming they have the time. That would be nice. They need to make the time, don't they? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's a commitment. I think a lot of people get into horses without realizing the time commitment. Right, right, right. But you know what I find interesting, Glenn, is that a lot of these pet peeves, the equestrian pet peeves, really have less to do with horses and life in general. And it has to do no, with other people. Other people, exactly. It's other people. <laughs> horses are never the problem. The barns are never no. the problem. It's always people. Do you have a favorite professional celebrity equestrian? I do. Um, and it, I mean, you know, she's a local celebrity to Tallahassee is Elisa Wallace. So, Yay, Elisa, um, go Elisa. I I actually, um, when I lived in Tallahassee, went to Fred Hills and saw her ride there and just have always followed her. Um, so. You don't listen to her, yeah. me doing the show with her husband, do you? The horse husband's. Episode. Oh, I do. Ah, you're not allowed. <laughs> Women aren't I allowed. Do. Well, I sneak in. So. Well, guess whose husband is on my list now? I just wrote him down. A certain Roger <laughs> Troop is now on my list for the Horse Husbands oh, no. episode. Torture. All right. If you could try any other career besides one in medical sales and besides a career with horses, what would you like to try? Hmm. Um, well, this isn't medical sales, but I always wanted to be a doctor. So I would love to do that or re or go into medical research. I just, I love it. Um, always wanted to do that. See, Glenn, horse, horse people are helping people. 
and, yeah. I, and, are, and are smart, apparently. <laughs> yeah, until they come on the show with show us. With us I mean, and then they're done. <laughs> we'll chalk that up to a momentary lapses in reasoning. Um, all right. How, if you could describe yourself with only three words, what three words would you use? Um, definitely equestrian. <laughs> um, loyal and honest. Oh, I love that she used equestrian. Yeah, I did too. That's a first. Everybody actually. else is, uses, yeah. you know, adjectives, but she or descriptive adjectives. Yeah. She's like, "Yep, I'm an equestrian." Love it. Okay, if you could have just one, or let's back it up. If you could have a superhero power, what would it be? Um, I think it would have to be to be able to talk to animals. Um, I used to, there was like this cartoon that used to come on Nickelodeon and it was this girl who could talk to animals and I used to always want to be like her. Mm. That's cool. You probably can. You just don't know it because (laughs) (laughs) so here's, then this is a perfect segue into the next question. If your horse could speak, what single question would you ask him? Um, so this was kind of funny, but he, he has this best friend. Um, it's another thoroughbred and they boarded together at one barn. And then I went to another one for a while and then went to a third barn and the person who owned that horse had moved there too. And they found each other and were like best friends again. And so I would have to ask him about what makes you guys best friends because they are just, they, they have to graze next to each other. If you put one out and the other's still eating, they, the other one just calmly waits until the other one's done eating, and and then you put them out, and then they go off together. They race each other in the fields. It's just I I, I have to know what is it about about uh, this other horse that makes him your best friend. I love that question. That's my favorite question of all of these, Glenn. I think Jess wins it. Yep, there you go. What What do you love about your bestie? Like, yeah, because everybody wants a bestie in life. And when you see that your horse has one, you just you just want a little sneak peek into that magical love. Yes. And, you know, it's funny because we we call them the thoroughbros because they just they hang <laughs> out good. all day long. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's a new that we're totally going to coin that one. The thoroughbros. <laughs> and, you know, they do. I think they I, it, and it is interesting. It would be great to find out. We I, we sold uh, the one Pertron we had. It was about 19, eight and a half hands. And he weighed over a ton. He was a huge horse. And when we went to visit him, uh, two years after we sold him, he had a best friend. And his best friend was literally 11 hands. And it was a little tiny pony. And the pony literally walked without bending over under under the Percheron. Between his legs. Oh, my gosh. And he would just go back and forth between his legs, and they would eat in the field together. And the owner said, these two horses will not separate ever. And you try and if you try and mess with the pony, that, that Percheron is running your ass over. Um, and it was, <laughs> they even were in the stall together. They would be in the stall together. So what, makes, what made them best friends? That's a good question, Jess. That's a really good question. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that wraps up our rapid fire. I know I'm not so rapid. And they're yeah, not no, really we always firing. end up talking. <laughs> <laughs> that wraps up our list of questions. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Jess. Well, thank you so much for having me. And thank it you for nice listening. To, to know you. Hey, we, our next thing to do on our schedule for the show here today is put a little plug in for becoming an auditor. What would you say about becoming an auditor to people who are not? 
Um, well, after having listened to this show for so long, I mean, I personally felt like I owed you guys something for listening so long. I wanted to give back because it just, it makes my life so much better to be able to listen about horses while I'm driving all day long. Um, but also I have to say that Facebook group is just, it's seriously like the nicest people in the world who, you know, they, it's, it's the nicest group on Facebook because I'm, I'm a part of so many other groups on Facebook where people just get nasty and say mean things. And it's just the complete opposite of that. It's just, you know, you, you feel like everyone is friends and I love it. Oh, that's such a good thing to hear. Well, I don't have to add anything to that. If you want to become an auditor, just go to, uh, go to horseradionetwork.com or stablescoop.com and there's an auditor banner there. You can click on it for as little as a dollar a month. You too can become one of the special people. And we'll add you to that Facebook group too. And you're right. And you know what's interesting is I've never had to delete a post. We have a couple of rules in there. We don't talk religion. We don't talk politics and we're nev- never negative. And I have never had to delete any post from anybody or comment or anything. So uh, that's good for, you know, it just says a lot about you guys. Absolutely. Thank you, Jess. Well, thank you. Well, this Tack and Habit product is, of course, sponsored by Horselovers.com. And starting next week, a whole bunch of our auditors have been shipped products, and they're going to be starting to do the reviews on the Tack and Habit segment. Well, now you did this review. It's the Ledia Click AP Girth with Coolmax lining. Boo! That's a mouthful. All right. So I need to start off with, I did not like this girth at first. Nope. In fact, I hated it. And I was like, Glenn, take it back. I don't want it. But guess what? That was before I even tried it. <laughs> well, you what don't have you don't like them. those click buckles. Well, here's the thing. I I didn't I didn't know what I liked. I what I did like about I I have um Letia Coolmax lined girth and I love it. It's too big for Brody, so I had to give it away. So I really really like the Coolmax technology in these girths. So the the click technology, this is new to me. I'm cu- because my fat pony. Can you explain it? I'm not even sure I've seen it yet. So I will because my fat pony likes to bloat when I girth him up. Even though I have a hole at the very, very, very end of my billets, and I go up one at a time. I mean, this this horse gets so pampered when he gets girthed up, but he he bloats. So uh, I'm constantly having to adjust my girth. You know, from from starting to tack up until I get in the saddle, and and even until I'm like halfway out on the trails. So I thought the click buckle would be cool, you know? But the click buckles, so here's what I didn't like about it. The click buckles are designed so that you can, um, when you pull up on the billet to adjust the girth, whether you're on the ground or in the saddle, the the little thingamajiggy, (laughs) the the little, what would you call that thing in the middle of a buckle? A spear type thing. Oh, the, uh, uh, I don't know what it's called. Right? Let's get, there's a contest for you. Yeah, Come up with the name for that little piece in the middle of a buckle. So that thing Not the tongue, has, but... it's spring loaded. So oh. you don't have to pay attention to that thing. All you do is pull your, your, get a grip on your billet, pull it up, and the girth and the buckle will automatically snap close well, in the next hole. that's a good thing, right? 
it's a good thing. I didn't realize that until I needed to use it to actually put it on my horse and was like, oh, I got to tighten this girth up. I grabbed my billet and it was like, like somebody tightened my girth for me. It was amazing. What I, I didn't think I was going to like, what I thought was going to be a problem about this girth is that the metal of the buckle is thicker than your average non-click buckles. So it's a little bit, a tiny bit bigger, but moderately thicker. And I'm like the princess in the pea, so I don't like to feel any extra bulk under my saddle flaps. So I was like, oh, I'm going to buckle this thing up. I'm going to feel it under my knee or my thigh. I'm going to hate it, blah, blah, blah. Did not even notice the extra thickness in the buckle. Didn't even notice it. Total non-issue. So the benefits of being able to adjust my girth super easily from the saddle far outweighs any I don't know, misconceived notion I might've had about the thickness of the buckle under the saddle. Fabulous girth. Loved it. So I also used the all-purpose neoprene girth, which I found to be just as wonderful as the fleece covered. Um, it's the same click buckle technology where the, the tongue, that's it. That's what it is. The tongue of the buckle, uh, closes automatically for you. So, so both versions were wonderful. The click all-purpose girth, I think, is about $66. And then the one with the Coolmax lining is $56. Right price. But they're both, they're both washable. Very good. And if you order right now, you can get the extra 10% off with the HRN coupon code. And, of course, we'll put a link to these products in our, our show notes at stablescoop.com and also on our Facebook page. Horselovers.com is where you can find them. Well, thank you, Helena. You're welcome. I love these girths. I really do. I mean, I know we're, it's a product review, but... And I that's not what like she it. said when she first talked to me about them before she tried them. So there yeah. you go. That's a, an important lesson learned. Yep. For details about today's show, we go to stablescoop.com. Go check out the new Facebook page. Have you, have you, or not Facebook page, the new website at horseradionetwork.com. Have you seen my handiwork yet? I am very proud of the fact that you upgraded. I know. It looks nice. It's so easy and simple to get around now. So uh, you want to check that out. It looks great on the phone, too. Uh, So take a look at that. Tell all your friends to go to it now because if they don't know how to listen, it's pretty clear on this website how you'd listen now. So uh, hopefully we'll we'll be bringing in some new people as well. And uh, the HRN app, iOS or Android, it's free. It's easy to download. And this is the point where Helena jumps in and finishes it out. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Head cold, post-vacation trauma. Yeah, sunburn. Oh, my gosh. Sunburn. No, I did. that was one thing I did not experience, thank God. For details about today's show, go to stablescoop.com. I did that already. Oh, crap. Well, that's purple. See, that's mine. <laughs> I already Why did all you... that. Just say goodbye, Helena. No, you. No, we need to talk about this for a minute here, okay? <laughs> you always read the purple, and then know, that's what I'm, messes I'm me up. I'm always ready to just get to the end. I know, so. but you then you see you throw me for a loop here. So, <laughs> oh, God, you know what he's trying to do? I'll tell you what he's trying to do. He's trying to get blooper reel material. Why don't you and think? I fall for it every single time. <laughs> every time, that's right. Well, be sure to log on next week for another episode of Stable Scoop. And please remember that we love your feedback. Join us as an auditor and you get to have access to our amazing private Facebook group where you can give us all the feedback you want. But if you're not going to do that, at least follow us on Facebook or Twitter, get the real inside scoop, join the family. Many thanks to this week's sponsors. Glenn, can you remind me of who they are? Horselovers.com and our auditors. Okay. And are that's we it. We're done. Yep. Oh, thank God. At least there'll be more next week. Until then, happy scooping. Mm-hmm.